Um, yeah, so today we want to, yeah, we want to just, in some ways this is an expanded version of our, our family uh, gathering we had on December 4th, uh, where we announced our name, Mosaic Church. You know, Mosaic, is the, the analogy, the idea is where God is taking broken pieces and bringing them together to make something beautiful uh, that will last into eternity. So, um, and we shared about our, our mission that we are called to unite people in the way of Jesus. That's what we're about. And the mosaic analogy captures that as well, pulling broken pieces together and, and healing them, restoring them, putting them together to make something beautiful. So yeah, this morning we're going to just kind of share uh, where we're headed in 2023. Um, a few things to celebrate as we get going here. One is um, Impact uh, Youth. We've gotten that going. So there was a time where we didn't have anything for youth age, 7th through 12th. So Misty stepped up and has a monthly gathering going, adding to that. So we're excited about that. We really want to grow uh, with, you know, young families, families that have kids that are teenage, and so we want to be able to meet people where they're at. So we want to celebrate that. Um, we've, we've cast vision for you all uh, with Donut Sunday to show up, if you're a regular, on time, maybe even early, because guess what? That's when guests come, and we want to welcome them, and you all have responded beautifully to that. So it's been really fun, especially being in the worship team, and the, where the first song, I look out, and we're here. We're ready to go. Which, uh, 2022, that wasn't always the case. So we're celebrating. You all have responded to that in our, our Sunday gatherings, our worship gatherings have yeah. been noticeably more energetic. And another just thing to celebrate as we get going here is we have a brand new outreach team. So we had our first outreach team lunch. We sat in that corner table. And the energy around that table, thinking about how do we steward what God is doing in this new church, Mosaic and also our location here downtown and the opportunities that brings. So really celebrating that. Our next lunch is at the end of the month, and you're welcome to, to jump onto that. So there's, there's some movement, some activity. Those are a few things yeah. on my heart and mind yeah. for us. Huh. And, um, yeah, so looking at my notes, I'm going to keep saying a couple things here. So, yeah, our Mosaic Church, we, we went through a process uh, since last February with an action team. Uh, there's about eight of us from our church really thinking through, okay, what is God doing with this merger, Tallgrass Church merging with the well? We uh, called it Tallgrass at the Well for a year and a half. Um, a, a, a portion of that time, I think, was really spent letting go of especially the Tallgrass moniker. I think the well moniker, you were, even as we started, you were like, well, I'm, it can be something new. And yeah. first, for a lot of us, we had to kind of, uh, in a way, let go of and grieve um, Tallgrass Church, you know, not being the thing it was and similar with the well. And so we worked through that process and, um, we, you know, it's hard to pick a new name. It's hard to pick a new name for anything. And this name, Mosaic, just really emerged. And the analogy has, as I've sat on it, just deepened. And um, our logo, uh, which you've probably seen, designed by Edward Tuttle, he brought us like six logos, I think, to you and I. Yeah. We kind of whittled down, brought some to Dave, and we kept whittling and brought three or four maybe to our action team and landed on this. And even uh, Edward, as he was trying to do his thing and designing all this and bringing it to the team and withholding his own uh, judgment, like after we landed on the name and the logo, he would just reflect, man, it's really settling in more and more and more. So I've, I feel like it's, it's aging well, even in these last few months for me. And... Uh, Ephesians 2.10, um, for me, has emerged sort of as a key verse 
uh, in this season in Mosaic Church. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And this is corporate language, not just creating you individually to do good works, but us collectively as his handiwork or his, his poem. Uh, the, the Greeks is poema, his great poem. And, and um, I shared this in the online teaching on New Year's Day. I, I, I feel this verse is like, we are God's mosaic, that he is creating, crafting, that will declare his, his glory and his grace for eternity. So we're all about uniting people in the way of Jesus. So we think there's a lot of people out there in our polarized uh, society and culture, people that are hurting, people that are broken, people maybe that don't want to fully give up on Jesus and, and are still hungry for spiritual community, community of faith, but don't know where to go. We want to be that place where they can come and, and explore, bring their curiosity, kind of no matter where they're at on their spiritual journey. If they're if they don't know anything and they want to ask questions, maybe they're hurting and broken by a previous church experience. We all have that. Um, and so we want to invite people to unite in the way of Jesus. And just, just quickly, our missional motives, and we shared more about this on December 4. So you can go online under news and events and uh, watch that if you'd like. And really, this is going to shape up kind of who we are and, and where we're going in the um, weeks and months to come. But they are our missional motives, five missional motives Renewal over religion is the first one. And I'll say, um, religion understood properly is fine. It's, it's our relationship to the supernatural God. But for most, a lot of people, um, that, that word religion has a lot of baggage. And what, what, what they mean by it is man-made religion, list of rules and regulations to make you feel good about yourself. So we believe in renewal over religion, healing over hiding. And as Josh said, take your time getting to know our community um, we don't want to push anyone to, to get involved or be vulnerable before you're ready. But we do want to, over time, help people move out of hiding from whatever that is into uh, healing in a safe, uh, gracious environment. Grace over shame, grace over shame or guilt. So the gospel is all about grace. So we do not, shame can be a motivator, but it doesn't take you very far and it doesn't feel real good. So we are all about grace over shame. Engagement over avoidance. So this could mean a lot of things, but uh, for us, it, we're not completely unique, but as a church, we want to engage the cultural issues that everyone out there is talking about or seeing on social media. We don't want to avoid those things. We want to ask God, you know, what do you think about this? How are you leading, guiding, directing us? How can we as a church work across factions to unite people in the way of Jesus? And then that also would relate to relationships. We don't want to avoid, we don't want to ghost one another when we're upset. We want to engage rather than avoid. And then finally, service over self. So the scriptures talk about equipping the saints for the work of ministry. So our staff, our leadership is all about equipping you all to serve the body and the community out there rather than just coming here to to sit, stew, grow, maybe soak it in and just go home and feel better about yourself. We want to be sacrificially engaged in service. So those are our missional motives in a nutshell. Yeah, very good, very good. So at this point, we thought it would be good to invite a couple of voices from our congregation to hear about their experience. So I want to invite Tracy Emery and Brian Peterson to come on up and join us. Could you all give them a hand and encourage them as they come up?
All right. So, hey, thanks for joining us. This is, uh, I, I know like both of you have been around a while, but you're new enough to have a fresh perspective about our church, and you've been through the journey of tall grass at the well to now Mosaic Church, and just thought it'd be good to hear from you both. And, and uh, so let's start off. Uh, tell us who you are and what keeps you busy in the community, okay? What do you do for a living, all that stuff. My name is Tracy Emery, and I am a longtime resident of Manhattan. I've been here for over 30 years. That's really hard to say out loud to a bunch of people because I don't feel like I'm old enough to have been anywhere for longer than 30 years. Um, my daily job where I get to go every day is the Fit Closet, which is a part of our local school district. I am the director or coordinator, depending on who you, how you want to name it, yeah. and I get to go in every day and help to serve those in need in our community. That's great. Uh, I'm Brian Peterson, and um, I work on Fort Riley for a contractor, and what keeps me busy is uh, my wife and kids, so uh, four kids, one in college, and then still three locally here, um, so I'm in and out of church on attendance, which Ben and Josh can both attest to, um, during soccer seasons and things like that, but um, yeah, it's, uh, I've been in the, the area for 30 years or so, and kind of churches in different communities. So uh, excited to be here and part of what's uh, going on and new here. That's great. So how long have you been at Mosaic in our previous iteration, you know, all the names we've been? How long have you been here and what brought you here? So Brian, let's start. Okay. I actually uh, went back and looked. Uh, Next Sunday will be a year for me having been here. Um, And I don't I'm terrible at keeping track of questions as they get asked, so I'll just probably ramble a little bit, but apologies in advance. Um, So, yeah, what brought me here was um, I had been in various churches, various sizes, and um, part of it is so many churches are focused on the production and kind of just how they are looking more more concerned about, uh, yeah, having people in the seats and, and the production and everything like that, and had been searching for a church that was more about the compaction and the conviction, the exact same things that um, Ben just talked about a little bit ago. So um, excited to be here, and I really feel like that's what is this church is embracing right now. That's great. So I went back and counted as well. Um, it will be 10 months next Sunday, wow. so very similar timelines. Um, what drew me here was exactly what you were talking about, but um, re-listening to and rehearing the missional motives, engagement over avoidance is definitely what drew me here and is keeping me here. Mm. Thinking about the cultural divisiveness that is just so rampant and being in a place where we're engaging those things, we're being taught from scripture and learning more and more how to engage with our community and build unity that's what keeps me in the seats. That's great. That's great. Thanks for that. So uh, can you share an example of, of one or two things that you enjoy most about Mosaic Church? Like, what is it that floats to the service that you're like, you know, besides the things you mentioned, what, like, yeah, overall? 
well, I love how, I guess, non-traditional the church is. And uh, one of the things I enjoy quite a bit is when we do the family gatherings after church, because it's like we are a family and it's not huge, but everybody's gathered around this area and these tables and it's children all the way up to adults and uh, just love that part of it. And also how the people here embrace everybody. Um, there is no right or wrong kind of person, right or wrong kind of uh, person at the church, right or wrong way to be. It's like we're, you're loved and accepted for who you are and how you are. Not looking to change everybody, um, but looking to point everybody towards Jesus, ourselves and everybody who comes through here. And I feel like that's something that's lacking a lot of places in here. It's, it's very evident. That's good. Thanks for that. So when Josh asked me if I would do, do this, um, my first question was, <clears throat> excuse me, would it be appropriate to say Ben and Josh's office hours at Manhattan Brewing Company on Friday afternoons? <laughs> I'll, I'll second that. <laughs> so what I find really funny is that Brian was there the first time my yeah. husband Darren and I went to office hours. And I thought initially that was just sort of silly, but... <clears throat> As I reflected on it over the last few days, I'm thinking, actually, what I enjoy about that is how the sacred isn't separate from the rest of the week. It's not that you come in here on a Sunday morning and you go out into the rest of your days. It is that it's all woven together, and everyday life is sacred. That's great. I love that. That's fantastic. We, uh, our office hours were not very consistent, and they've kind of faltered. And so it sounds like maybe we need to recommit to office hours. So, For Jesus. So you all can come and, <laughs> and, and the good engage, of people. connect with the pastoral staff. <laughs> There's like half the people that don't know about op, probably, because it's kind of been under the radar. So I, I think you explained it really well. I'm sure to, I really I'm don't sure want to publicly on Facebook. Okay. So, you know, it's on you if you're not on Facebook. So, so funny. In no way do I want to get our pastoral staff in trouble yeah. with the congregation. But, it's okay. That is yeah. okay. Hey, we did, we did beer and hymns, and I feel like that was kind of like beer and carols. Thank you. Beer and hymns may be a thing that we do eventually. But yeah, that, it's just us like trying to figure out what are the third places in town where people hang out? Because we don't want to be just huddled in our, in our safe bubble and, like Ben said, just learn about Jesus and then just keep to ourselves. I'd rather actually just plant myself right in the middle of where people are coming and going and, and say, you know, here, here we are, and, and I'm going to do my best to uh, follow Jesus, to be like Jesus, and I'm going to do it right in the midst of where everybody is. And it's, you know, we have some people that don't drink here, uh, and that's perfectly fine. It's, it's like we're not pushing an agenda or we're not favoring one business over another. It really just is our, our desire to overlap where people already are and not have to like just have, have an, in, uh, we want an invite culture to Sunday morning and into our community, but this should not be the only place where people get to know about Mosaic Church, right? So that's the thought behind it. Yeah, and I think that's, that's exactly it, Josh. It's like you are at different places in expressing love just everywhere, yeah. you know, not just here on Sunday mornings, but if it's Friday afternoon or yeah. whatever day, our small groups and everything like that, it's really just showing that love to everybody wherever you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great. That's good. That's good. Uh, so what excites you the most for the future of our church? Absolutely, I'll go first. So um, knowing that the outreach team is now alive and active, mm. my heart has always been drawn to local ministry and 
just hearing about the efforts that are going to be coming our way to engage in and to serve our community, service over self. Again, I really love that um, missional motive. Mm-hmm. So that's what's really exciting for me personally. That's cool. Yeah, I, I feel a lot the same way. We had our um, outreach team meeting a few weeks ago, and that was the focus. It's like, where where are we in Manhattan, and what are the needs, and where can we be of help? Where can we be part of that? Rather than, as I mentioned before, uh, it feels like so many churches are just self-centered and want to have people there, but our purpose is more of what can we do for others and and where we are and, and use that as an opportunity to serve and bless others. Yeah. And, and I think what what I really love about our outreach team, because uh, I think it has a phenomenal leader. Uh, I just have to be married to her, uh, but uh, tell her I said that, please. Um, <laughs> I, I love, there, there's a tension of like wanting to, to reach out into our city and serve. And so uh, in, in my, when we planted the well, sort of this idea of like, we're going to storm the gates of hell. We're going to change the world. We're going to do, we're just going to, like, we're going to make a dent in the universe. And in my 40s, I'm like, no, I'm good. I, you know, if I can just like focus on changing myself and then sharing Jesus' love, like there's, the, you know, I think the older and hopefully more wiser you get, the less triumphalistic you feel. And it feels like our outreach team is not trying to just do their own thing. Like we're going to create the best outreach that Manhattan, Kansas, because you know what? There's Jesus is already working here. I don't know if y'all know that, but before Mosaic Church, God was already on the move, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he, thankfully to a lot of, you know, your credit. Um, so we actually want to, we want to discern what God is doing and partner with God and partner with organizations like Fit Closet. And, and so it's not about taking over and making our thing the thing, but it's more coming alongside. It's more like salt and light, going low and serving, seeing those that might be overseen. And, and I really love that our outreach team is like, we're, we're discerning. What are all the community things that are already going on? How are people already being fed? How can we put resources together to make people aware of that? How can we contribute to what's already going on instead of, hey, we're here, we're here to take over because we're gonna have the best thing ever. We're, we're not and we probably won't. But what we can be is Mosaic Church. We can be in the middle of it all and bring it together and, and serve right alongside. I can't resist uh, reinforcing the phrase coming alongside with a insider joke to our church. Uh, we, there was a time where I fake announced our name with a logo, and it was the Alongsiders Church. That would have been and awesome. Someone had shared that, and I thought it was like a real, like they really wanted, because it's a cool concept, coming alongside. That's what the Holy Spirit yeah. does. That's what we're called to do. Um, but it's pretty much who we are, though. We've come alongside the ciders yeah. for this thing. So, <laughs> so coming alongside. Yeah, and that's the it. outreach team is not like reinventing the wheel, but we're very well connected to the assistance agencies, that many of which are within a mile radius here and other yeah. churches, other faith communities. How can we be better together, which we've experienced as a church? Yeah. How can we bring that same uh, phenomenon or, or value into the community and help others, you know, flourish with what they're doing, too? That's good. That's good. Well, any, any, this is a bonus question. Any final thoughts or anything else before you transition off? Okay, that's okay. I'm just super excited, all is all. You know, it's really great. And I, I do think this is a special place. And, and I, I, had a, I wasn't going to share this, I guess, but I had a meal with Josh. It's been a couple months ago, probably. Um, and I said to him, you know, the things that get spoken about here, the messages that are preached here, more people need to hear it. 
So I don't know if it's Donut Sunday or whatever it is, but I feel like this is really an amazing message that gets delivered here every Sunday. And I know it's not all about numbers, but I really feel strongly like this is a special place. More people ought to be here and be hearing it. So I hope that can happen too. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Yeah, let's hear it for these two. Thank you both. Um, well, I, th- I think I can say it's probably all downhill from there, because that was, that was pretty great hearing from, from the two of them. Um, well, as, as, we, uh, as we've recapped and just refreshed our, our memory uh, about what we talked about at, at, uh, at uh, Family Sunday, and, and you hear about their experience over the last 10 to 12 months, um, I do want to paint a little bit of a picture for 2023 for us and invite you into that. Um, so one of the things that I think from the first conversation, at least one of the first conversations that you and I had, even before Tallgrass and the well started becoming a thing, uh, was this concept of a rule of life. Um, a rule of life is an ancient concept that some churches are now just dusting off again. Um, rule of life is a set of uh, a, a schedule and a set of practices and relational rhythms that help us create space in our busy world for us to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. So there's alignment with our deepest passions and most urgent priorities. So I've actually, I've been talking about a rule of life for a long time, couple years. I've actually practiced it personally myself probably for over three years. And it's a, it's a new direction that we wanted to see our church aligned and focus on into the future. So we wanna take that aspect of a rule of life, a, a community set of practices. Basically, this is how we follow Jesus together as a church. And we want to align our church to follow Jesus together in that way. And so I, I'm, I'm going to share a little bit about it today, and we're, we're going to actually start a whole new series starting next week where I go a lot more in-depth on what a rule of life is, why it's important, and what you can do if you're interested in jumping in on that. Okay, so I'm going to like skim the surface today. You're probably going to go, I got 5% of that, and I'm not even sure I agree with it, and that's cool. Come back next week because we're, it will kick off a whole series on our first uh, mark of formation, our first big kind of practice that we're doing together on resting. Uh, so the word rule can actually seem scary because who wants more rules in their life, right? Like, I don't come to church to have more rules. I'm trying to find grace and freedom in Jesus and get rid of the trauma and, and hurt and stuff from my past, not embrace this uh, rule or, or authoritarian uh, mentality. But the word rule actually has its origins in the Latin, and it's actually the word for trellis. So if you imagine, if you go to uh, Liquid Art Winery, right, there's acres of, of grapevines, of, of vineyards out there. And each grapevine is attached, is growing up, attached to and through a trellis. That way, the trellis gets the fruit, gets the grape up off the ground so it doesn't spoil or animals don't eat it. It gets it up so it can grow healthier and stronger and lusher and bigger. And just like that, the human heart really does need a trellis. We need something that helps maximize our fruitfulness in our life. And a rule of life is that. It's a set of practices. It's like a a schedule and just some things that you you say you commit yourself to, to practice, to be with Jesus, 
uh, to be like Jesus and to do the things that he did. So we can be aware that the early church actually wrestled with the newfound freedom in the gospel and how grounded in tradition and specifically in Torah, in the law, do they need to, to be? So lots of Gentiles were coming to, lots of non-Jews basically. So if you're, if you're not Jewish, if you don't come from a Jewish background, you're a Gentile, right? Uh, so the, the, uh, the early church was dominated primarily by Jews. Jesus was Jewish and they had a set of traditions and practices called the Torah. And Soon, non-Jews started coming to faith in Jesus, becoming empowered by the Holy Spirit, and they convened the first church council in Acts 15. It tells us about that. And so James, the, the younger brother of John, leads that, brings all, everything together, all the information, Paul and Barnabas sharing, uh, other uh, Jewish leaders sharing, and saying, what should we do? We have these rules and traditions and practices that God has used in the past. But what is necessary for faith in Jesus? What do we maybe need to take away? What do we need to subtract? What do we need to make optional so that people can find freedom in the gospel and follow Jesus? And so James says this stunning statement in Acts 15, 19. He says, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. And for us, that's what a rule is. It's not a like written in stone, once for all set of practices that you have to do all the days for the rest of your life. It actually is a trellis where you can build your life in accordance with the way of Jesus and follow him together with the rest of the community. You can find freedom through subtraction. You can find freedom by saying, I'm going to forego this. I'm going to maybe shut off Netflix this early. Uh, which is easier since we can't password share anymore. But anyway, that's a whole nother sermon. It's a set of practices and a schedule for our time to bear spiritual fruit together in community. And so it should offer this sense of peace, this sense of clarity about people that you know that may ask you, if you can imagine someone saying, so what do you do to follow Jesus? You can say, I do this rule of life with my church. This is how I follow and grow to be more like Jesus. So with that, we want to make the good news of Jesus accessible to those turning to God, those people that you know, that we know who are in our city. Maybe they've walked away from the faith. Maybe they had a super legalistic or authoritarian experience, and now they're turning back to God to go, you know, something is missing in my life. Maybe there's an increasing number of people who have never set foot in a church except for maybe a funeral or maybe a wedding and they've just, they just don't know what goes in on in here. And they're asking you, what do you do to, to know God? What do you do to follow Jesus? And a rule of life is a simple set of practices where you can explain. And you can say, come and see for yourself. Come and study the scripture. Come and rest and Sabbath with me. Come and, and follow God for yourself. So um, with that, I'm just curious, what excites you the most about realigning our church around a rule of life? Yeah. I'm excited about rule of life uh, for, for a few reasons, but I, I've always been, you know, I, I uh, in college was involved with the Navigators, and they're all about spiritual disciplines, which is great. So I've always had, like, the categories of spiritual disciplines on my radar, yeah. um, you know, always wanting to live them out a little bit better and all this, yeah. that, and the other, and different attempts at accountability. Um, so one thing I'm very excited about with rule of life is to have a healthy, gracious iron sharpening iron 
together in our church community where anyone can even look like on our website and like, what, what are the practices that they do together? And I can't help but think of the gym analogy um, where, you know, you're going to a class, there's some accountability, everyone's at a different stage in the game, but everyone is moving in the same direction together. And they're kind of scaling the workouts, if you will, like if you can't do this thing, start here and we'll move this direction. There's no judgment. There's just cheering one another on, celebrating victories, coming alongside when there's injury and things like that. So I think of that analogy pertaining to this rule of life. And uh, also with with that too, um, a lot of churches, the first thing you think about is like, do I agree with all the doctrinal statements? And we want to be a church that that's not necessarily the first thing you think about. The first thing would be, as you get involved, is like, okay, how do I live this out practically? How do I actually put, put feet to this expression that I'm following Jesus? And we will, I mean, we do have doctrinal statement, you know, that, that um, we believe, you know, the parameters within which uh, leadership, you know, believes in our church. But where um, that's what it, what it means to follow Jesus. This is how we do it together. Um, there's a quote by Dallas Willard. I think he says what uh, grace is uh, opposed to earning, not effort. Yeah. You heard that? So I think there's a lot of people out there who cannot figure out quite what does it mean to work hard at the Christian life because we're so afraid of legalism. Well, legalism is when you're trying to earn something with God. But grace, uh, grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and to live a full life. So I look forward to a community that's grace over shame, together um, moving in the, in the way of Jesus. And uh, the, the last uh, a quote that I think about a lot and share often is, it's an African proverb. And you may know it. It goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you guys know it? Go together. Yeah. And so... Yeah, the goal is not to like figure out how do I fast for 24 hours and then get all self-righteous and then like fail. It's like let's incrementally together build our, our strength in Christ so that we can walk in those good works that he has for us. I look forward to that yeah. as a church community and an invitation even to the watch, those who are watching us who may not even know Christ. I have some um, friends who aren't even followers of Jesus, but are interested. They're intrigued yeah. by some of these practices. And I think it could be a good uh, entry point for conversation about what animates yeah. that for us. Yeah, I think, I think the, the gym analogy is very apt. Uh, I think of the, the saying, you know, we grow into maturity not by trying really hard, but by training really hard. And there is a difference that you may say, well, what's that, that? Those are the same things. It's really not. Because, like you said, you might try really hard and then hit a wall and give up. But if you train, if you approach the Christian life following Jesus as training exercises to grow your character, to grow your competencies, it means failure. It means falling short is expected. And it's what we do when we follow short, by training really hard, by having community around us, by getting up and knowing what my next step is. Like, I'll give you an example. I hit a PR, personal record, on Friday. Saw that. I was really excited story. about that. Thank you. I, I did a little, little, you know, yeah. Anyway, so I did, I did deadlifts, and, and I, did a pers- I had a personal record. It was great, except I missed the last rep. So that means I completed all of 15, all 14 of my reps. The very last rep on the very last set, I missed it. And so that means my, cha- my training program changes a little bit to accommodate that failure. 
Now, that seems really harsh, like it's a failure. Well, actually, if I go about it and I, do, I continue the program and it accommodates that last rep failure, I actually becomes, become stronger over time because I'm sticking with it and it accommodates, it's expect I'm gonna miss a rep here and there. And that's, that's what it is in following Jesus. We know we're going, going to fall short. That's why Jesus came. That's why he gave himself, to reconcile us back to God and to accommodate us when we fall short. Not, not because we do it on purpose, because in this life, in this age, it's expected that we're not gonna hit the full measure of what we were created and meant to be. But Jesus, Jesus comes alongside he tells us to keep going. He gifts us a community around us and accommodates and, 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 and calculates that failure to keep us going. So with that, we've, we've covered some scripture. We've had some stories. And what we like to also do is put an actual number to this, put a, put a stat. Because if you're not measuring it, you can't manage it, Right? And so we, we put a number, and if we, if we blow past that, we're going to celebrate. If we fall short, if we come close, we're still going to celebrate. But what we would like to see this year in our rule of life is for 100 people to say amen, to join up and align their lives according to the way of Jesus and how we practice the way of Jesus here at Mosaic Church. Now, I don't I don't anticipate anybody's going to say right after this, like, sign me up, because I haven't told you what's included in that. But this is our goal that we want to hit this year. This is what we're going to align all our ministries, all of our resources, and everything that we do around inviting people into practicing the way of Jesus through the Mosaic Rule of Life. So next week, we're actually going to have a workbook uh, available to everybody, uh, printed off so that you can begin working on your own rule of life, how you follow Jesus, how that intersects and, and aligns with how Mosaic Church does it. Because we really do, we're, in the future, we're going to have some workshops, some times where we can actually walk people through uh, the specifics of uh, how, how, you know, what does prayer look like? What does is, what is scripture reading look like? What does service look like? What does gathering and groups look like? What is serving other people in the community look like? We want to get really granular. But with that, we just want to put the big, the big goalpost up and say our hope, our dream would be that at Mosaic Church, there are 100 people that say, I want to follow in the way of Jesus and align everything in my life in this rule of life. So there it is. That's what we're excited uh, to do this year. So with that, we know that um, as, we, as we say we're going to align things, our resources are going to flow into this, that means some things will change. And let me just say, to your credit, we have put you through a lot of change. There's been a lot of stuff that pretty much everything has changed up to this point. And to even hear a, 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 a message like this, a Q&A like this, that, that affirms what we've been doing and where we're going is that some of us can sit here and, and think, man, there's more change. We just got our name. Can't just things just stay the same for like, I like the donuts. Keep doing that. Donuts are great. But like, can't we just like take a breath for a minute and rest? And what I would say is that we do need to speak to loss. We do need to, to, to understand that when we say things are realigning or changing or, or we're inviting you to do new things, Everybody processes that a little bit differently. And so we, we want to take the space to just name and acknowledge that and to sit in maybe any grief that we have, okay? Um, so 
What would you say to that? Yeah, I, we, and we, we've not wanted to move too quickly. So we spoke to Loss uh, December 4th as well and continue. Even those of us that are excited for what's ahead, there's still things to lament, hard things, things that we miss. And I can't help but think of uh, another gym analogy. So the gym I'm a part of before COVID met just right down the street in a small space, um, a small community, tight-knit community, call it the herd. But then during COVID, it switched to a much larger space and a membership started to go up. And I, there was a lot of talk about missing the old space because it was smaller. It felt more intimate. Yeah. That you kind of knew people better. But the, the reality was the gym was growing. It needed to grow. It needed to expand. It needed those community members to invite others in to uh, experience, the, you know, the benefit of the community, the benefit of the training and the coaching and all those things. And and so um, I think that's a, that's a good analogy, you know. So it's okay to miss some things, you know, even as if you're excited about the future. Or maybe you're not yet excited, and that's okay. We want to be patient with one another and helping people continue to take those, those steps. Yeah. So. What, what we found and, and what you may have to sit in, what we may have to sit in, is that we love the church at the size and the dynamic at which we started attending. That's why we came. We really liked it, right? And then so if we say we want to grow, we want to shift some things, we want a new name, it's easy to go, I don't like that. Well, yeah, I, I, we all understand that. There are things like nobody 100% is getting their way, right? We're all submitted to each other, submitted to the movement of the Spirit, trying to compromise and discern together how best to take the next steps forward. So it's okay to sit there and be a little grumpy for a minute, you know, it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So you got to deal with that eventually, right? But it's okay to go, nope, I don't like that. I'm not doing that. Gosh, I, there's probably half a dozen things this last week that I've said I'm like mid-40s now. It's exactly how I live my, nope, don't like that. Don't like change. I want it the same. Netflix, don't change my passwords. I don't even share passwords, but you know what I mean? I don't like that they changed it, right? I'll mention also, we uh, same th- we're going to have to get used to this though, because, you know, our groups, <laughs> as they grow, if it's healthy and it's thriving, it comes to a point where it's like we look around like there's more leaders. We need to multiply the group. And everyone's response, if it's going well, is like, ah, oh, I love these people. I love this group. But for the sake of the mission, uh, growth inevitably will always come with, yeah. with, with loss. So. Yeah. Uh, and we do plan. Uh, we're, we're talking with Bill Bickmeyer. He's uh, changed his whole career to, to, towards being a funeral director. And we're going to work with him on actually planning a memorial where we can tangibly grieve what was as we think about the future. So I look forward to I think to we're going to burn some stuff. That. Yeah, we're we going to do a funeral pyre on yeah, some yeah. some old well yep. memorabilia, or, you know, just like cathartically like just let it out, y'all. So it's going to be good. <laughs> so with that, what we what we do want to say is that there are some things that will never change for our church. Because when we talk about change, we talk about making things different. Sometimes we can get nervous like how far are we going to go? So there are actually five things that we've just said, nope, this is our stake in the ground. This will never change. No matter what the name is, no matter what the goal for the year is, no matter what the message series is, these things will always stay the same. You can just count on that for Mosaic Church. Yeah, so, so one thing, Jesus never changes. Uh, we will always preach the gospel. We will always embrace the historic uh, person and work of Jesus Christ. 
uh, what you know, God has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. Jesus died for our sins. Yeah. He physically rose from the dead. He sits at the Father's right hand, and he will return one day to make all things new. So Jesus, Amen. Come on. Jesus never changes. Uh, it, it, it will also change that we will always love our neighbors. Yeah. Uh, so we will always want to equip one another to be present in our neighborhoods and these other spaces that we talked about some uh, where we live with our neighbors. We want to be intentional and we'll always be intentional as a church with what we believe God is doing in and through us and um, bringing that intentionality to be present with our neighbors. So that will never change. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, our pastor's availability will never change. We will do what we can to meet with anybody who is in need. So maybe you're wrestling with something. Maybe you need some counseling. We want to resource you, equip you, and, and most often just sit with you when you're experiencing the high highs and the low lows. That's what we're here for. That will never change. That, that, is, uh, that energizes us as a pastoral staff. We have a phenomenal pastor. This is the best leadership I've ever worked with in a church. It's, it's phenomenal, the leaders that we have and how much they care about you all. And so we are here for you. And so whether that means maybe you need to book a session with a, but not, that sounds too therapeutic, but you know what I mean. Maybe you need to get some coffee with a pastor and just like share your heart, just spill the beans, what's going on in your life. We would love to know about that. Maybe you're new and you don't know us at all. We would love to host you for pizza with the pastors. Maybe that's a step for you. We, we wanna put our money where our mouth is and really prove it to you. You can call us, text us, message us, and, and we'll, we'll uh, shift things around to meet uh, uh, as we're able to, as you're able to. Uh, groups will always be a priority for us. Uh, we believe that as we grow big, we still have to continue to grow small. Intimate uh, relationships, friendships, and connections are just such a high priority for us. And so we're always going to have groups as something that we can, like we may be a broken record how often we say, hey, are you in a group? Would you like to join a group? How's your group going? Because we believe in it so much here at Mosaic Church that, that you're not just coming on a Sunday or just watching online, but you're actually connecting with people and doing life uh, together in the way of Jesus. And then finally, uh, kids and families will always be a priority to us at Mosaic Church. Uh, I, we have kids. We, I love my kids. I, they're so much fun. Just watching them, like my kids have grown up in the church. Like I've changed their diapers on different, you know, services in, and I sanitized it many, many years ago. They would hate it if I just said that and they were here, by the way. But it's like that my kids have grown up in the church and they love Jesus and they love the church and they're pastor's kids. And I, I just, I want that experience for all of our kids to love Jesus, to love the church, to love community, to love God. Uh, we're going to prioritize youth. Like we, we get so excited about what's going on at Impact Youth. We just want to, to see our, our youth and family and, and kids flourishing here at our church. So do you have any final thoughts as we, as we close it down? No, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I appreciate all of you. I thank Tracy and, um, and Brian for sharing, and I'm excited yeah. for this year. Yeah, I, yeah. My energy level just personally now, as opposed to even a year ago, yeah. is just so, so much greater. So it's good. Uh, looking forward to it. Good, good, good. Well, we're, we're going to transition into a time of communion. And so one of the things at Mosaic Church that, um, that we're trying to do, and, and not, we won't probably do it perfectly, but we're trying to do it um, well, and I'll have the worship team uh, come on up, is that we, we actually want to look at church history and look at more liturgical elements, um, because we really believe that Jesus gave us baptism, 
and communion, the Lord's Supper, as these two tangible sacraments, and they're very earthy. They're very tied to the ground. I mean, think about water, and then think about bread and wine. And so we are, um, we do uh, scripture readings every so often. We do uh, re- recite different prayers or things like that together. We're going, going to be doing that more often in 2023. And so uh, we just think that those are grounding practices that connect us together and remind us who God is and what he's done for us. Uh, and so we're going to do that today. So I'm going to have uh, Mike and Lynn Salisbury come on up. Why don't you stand with me? Um, and Ben's going to go ahead and give some directions uh, when his mic is on. Uh, but yeah, we're going to have, we're, we're going to recite the Lord's Prayer together, and then we'll dismiss. You want me to go? I guess I can go ahead and do, yeah. do the directions. So what we'll do here in a moment, we're going to recite the Lord's Prayer together, and we'll have it on the screen here. And then what you'll do after that is go ahead and come up this center aisle. Uh, Mike and Lynn will be here to serve you. Uh, we have juice uh, today. And so they'll have juice and bread that you can tear off the bread and dip it in the cup there. Uh, and then we have a gluten-free option or an option if you're not quite comfortable tearing off bread, uh, you can take a piece of the, the gluten-free and dip that in the cup. And then when you get that, you're, you, you don't necessarily have to do it right then and right there in front of them, but you can eat and drink on your way back or you can take it back to your seat and partake if you just kind of need a moment. What we will say is communion is for those who are in a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ and a right relationship with others in the body of Christ. And so as we begin, as as we recite and read the Lord's Prayer together, we want this to be a moment of celebration, but also a moment where you just check in with your heart and check in with the Holy Spirit to see if there's anything there that needs to be released or surrendered to Him, okay? So I hand it to Ben now. Yeah, so as we... uh Get ready to take the Lord's Supper. We wanted to recite the Lord's Prayer together. So uh, one of the only things the Jesus disciples, they saw uh, Jesus practice his rule of life, and they actually asked him to teach them how to pray. And so this is what he said. So we'll share this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. All right. So as you're led, feel free to come up and take the Lord's Supper. This teaching was recorded by Mosaic Church in Manhattan, Kansas where we're uniting people in the way of Jesus. For more resources like this, visit mosaicmhk.com.